0: It was real trashy. Oh, my God. It was like the most Florida, Florida story that ever Florida. No offense to any of our listeners that are in Florida, but if you know, you know.
1: Hello, welcome to Tencent Takes, the podcast where we cast spells against bullying, one issue at a time. My name is Jessica Fraser, and I'm joined by my co-host, the recently wed wizard, Mike Thompson.
0: <laughs> oh man, I got my beard trimmed, so I don't really look like a, a wizard living in the middle of the woods right now. I don't look like Merlin from The Sword in the Stone.
1: You'll get there.
0: I did when I went into that shop, man. They did a nice job cleaning me up.
1: Who said wizards can't be well (laughs) coiffed is my question to you.
0: There is a great fucking comic from image from a few years ago called curse words. And the whole thing is, it's about this wizard who shows up to our world to like take it over on behalf of this like magic Uber boss. And he has a hot Uh, dog and he's like, this is fucking amazing. Why would I want to conquer this place? (laughs) And so, so he sets himself up as like a wizard for hire. But the whole thing is that his, his power is measured in the length of his beard. So as he gets, less powerful his beard gets like neater and then at one point it's like he's like clean shaven cuz he's out of magic it's uh it's a lot of fun like that was a series that That's like one of my funny. friends was like this is really good you should pick it up and so i started reading it and i was like fuck this is great and it the ending it it it's one of those ones where i feel like they they kind of didn't know what they were doing like towards the mm-hmm. end they were like they were having symptoms of lost you know where it was like i felt yeah. like the writers weren't quite sure where they were going um sure. but it was Overall, it was really, really fun. And yeah, it's great. So you should check it out sometime.
1: Wow. And speaking of a wizard for hire, what a what a great segue (laughs) into our main topic. But before we talk about what our main topic is, the purpose of this podcast is to celebrate comic books in ways that are both fun and informative. We want to look at their coolest, weirdest, and silliest moments, as well as examine how they're woven into the larger fabric of pop culture and history. And if you're enjoying the show so far and want to help us grow, it would be a huge help if you'd rate and or review us on Apple Podcasts, because that really helps with discoverability. This week, we are doing a book club episode on a graphic novel called Witch for Hire by New York Times bestselling author Ted Nafa. (laughs) And I do want to do a quick content warning for this episode as there is a good deal of talk of self-harm, suicide, and other related matters. Yeah. So if that's not something that you, you know, wanna to listen to right now, please, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Which by the way, our main topic today is called witch for hire. <laughs> yes. Witch for hire. So I thought that was funny that you said wizard for hire. Yeah, it's so, good. So very funny. Very funny, Mike. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that just yet because I want to hear about one cool thing that you have read or watched recently.
0: Yeah. um, I have finally started to work my way through that pile of comics that you loaned me a while back. And (laughs) I mean, there there was some great stuff in there. I'm finally getting onto the graphic novels that you gave me. And I started reading the Radiant Black ones. So. (sighs) So good. If you are a comics fan who has been living under the rocks like I have, uh, I should note that like I read an issue or two of this on Comicsology when it first came out. I think it was available for free and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like this is kind of neat. Yeah. And then I just never like it. It wasn't that I didn't like it. I think I just got distracted and yeah. I didn't come back to it. So this is published by Image Comics. It's written by Kyle Higgins and drawn by Marcelo Costa. It has spawned what is called the Massiverse, which shout out to Lance from Comic Book Keepers because I sponsored them on Patreon. They had a drawing for a signed Massiverse poster by a bunch of the creators. And Jessica, I knew that you were a big fan of all that stuff. And so I made sure to give that to you because I was like, I feel like you would appreciate this more. So Nice. So
1: thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to put it in my new little recording space once I get it all
0: set up it's probably for the best that i didn't read these comics before i gave it to you because then i would have been like mm, no this is mine
1: <laughs> you're like mine
0: <laughs> i'm like mm, no <laughs> but yeah they're, they're really fun so far like i said like i know you're a fan of the franchise as is lance over at comic book keepers like he loves it i can see why it's a very different kind of superhero comic I really relate to Nathan Burnett's character and how he moves home after failing to hit it big out west. It's not that he's a failed writer. It's more that he was a writer who just kind of suffered from executive dysfunction for the most part. And then and then as this goes on, he starts to to find his own voice for writing, which is really good. It felt a lot like when I had to move home after college because I had graduated and I'd like crushed it all the way through college and then I couldn't find anything because I was graduating. looking for jobs in journalism and advertising in 2011, where those industries right. were just getting crushed.
1: Right. So, right. Ugh.
0: But like, I love stories where superheroes are like kind of bad at their jobs initially. And when they have a more unique power set, the gravity powers that that radiant black has are pretty unique. Like that's not something that people usually use for superheroes, which I kind of like. Um, so, yeah, i'm I'm about halfway through the first graphic novel. I'm looking forward to reading the rest that you gave me over the weekend. And thank you for loaning me them because I probably would not have picked them up for quite some time otherwise.
1: Oh, no worries. No, I enjoyed them so much. I was like, no, Mike will also enjoy these once he he sits down and and reads them. So,
0: yeah, like, I don't know. It's not like I've yeah. been busy for the last couple of weeks or anything. So
1: you have been incredibly busy, which. <laughs> By the way, my chaos has not been helpful to that end. So apologies again. I'm just You're good. <laughs> I'm gonna like send uh, you flowers or something. Nah.
0: Yeah, for those for those of you who haven't been paying attention, I got married last weekend to yeah. my long-term partner, Sarah. We got married at a retro video game store in Petaluma that our friends own, and then we had a big party at our house the next day. There was ice cream and pizza, and I have been living off of frozen costco pizza for the last couple of days so it's been the dream it's been amazing
1: (laughs) that's a way Uh, to start a marriage
0: (laughs) it's good well you know she knew what she was getting into (laughs) i don't know why i am definitely punching above my weight class in this relationship but uh but it's great you know and we had a ton of people there and the thing that everybody really seemed to love was we hired a caricature artist at the last minute and like
1: oh my god That was so cool. And I got to tell you, like, I'm I get a little nervous about caricature artists because there there are artists who go out of their way. They're like me to exaggerate and be mean about it like there's a way to be really mean about it but like he was so sweet like i like i felt so cute when he did my caricature i was like stop it is this what you see
0: (laughs) yeah we were actually talking about that about how he did that thing where he would like exaggerate features because that's a caricature artist thing
1: right exactly like i did have a big smile but it wasn't like my teeth were like you know
0: yeah So it was like, it was really fun. And everybody really seemed to like that. And shout out to our guest for our last episode, Andy Mangles, who was the one who suggested that. And yeah. So good. And then also the wildest thing was apparently my uncle took your high school portrait. Like weird.
1: Yes. That was so weird. Well, because he worked with my dad. Yeah. And like, so I've known him for years and years and years. I've known him since I was a child. And so, so when it came to be my time for my senior portrait, we went up to the ranch
0: yeah.
1: and did the portraits there and I had like a couple outfit changes. And yeah, it was a whole thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so. sorry for the detour. Uh, so, what have you been reading or watching?
1: You know, I think people really like tangents at the heart of things. So I hope I think so because we do a lot okay. of them. We do. I mean, I think we probably would have lost people by now. And you know what? I don't think, I don't feel like we are. So that's great. <laughs> so everyone's like, the door opens, closes again. It's like, uh oh.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I watched the film Smile the other night on oh, Friday the 13th.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That was a wild ride. That was a wild ride. Yeah. and if, I'm not going to give away too much about it, but if you haven't seen it, it's about a psychiatrist with a dark past who witnesses a really jarring and tragic patient suicide, but finds out that there's something strange about the patient's demise, as well as others that have come before her. So the psychiatrist is now working against the clock and her own grasp on reality to try to find out and stop whatever it is that's happening to her. Or, or is it happening at all?
0: Yeah, there was a really good marketing campaign where they were having like basically actors go to different sporting events, and then the one that really went viral was a woman who was sitting like right behind home plate at a ball game and just doing this like really creepy smile for like Ugh. you know an hour or something like that, and everyone was like, "What the oh, fuck is shit. going on?" Yeah, it was oh, good.
1: shit, that's weird. Oh, that's a good that's a good marketing campaign right yeah. there. Those were some people that were like, "Let's think directly outside of the box."
0: Yeah, no, I love it. like i feel like the last couple of years we've gotten really good unique takes for horror movies like we you know we always get like the same shit like we get the sequels we get like right uh like what is it the nun that's the big one right now um
1: right well and chucky's a series everything's like a series too so
0: yeah but well you know like in chucky i'm fine with because like that's like already got the comedy oh i love chucky i'm
1: not i'm not mad about chucky
0: they brought, they brought like Brad Dorf back to voice the, uh, yeah. to voice the doll. They brought, Tif, uh, Tiffany's voice, Jennifer Tilly. Um, yep. she yep. showed up and I think that's great. Like,
1: yeah, I it, saw a little bit of, of part of one of those. Yeah.
0: But what's the other one that they just did? Um, it was called talk to me. It's like from New Zealand or something like that. And it's like oh. really good. That's the thing is I'm, I'm really enjoying is it's like spooky horror, but it's like, it's not a lot of jump scares. It's not like, right. You know, it's not like slasher stuff. Like, there's been some cool stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's actually what I really liked about this this film in particular. Like, there were, like, there were a couple of jump scares, but it was more of a psychological journey than it was a classic gore horror. Yeah. Like, and there definitely were some really terrifying gore scenes in there, too. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it wasn't, the movie didn't hinge on that, like so many other right. f- films do in the horror genre. And the cinematography was was really good it was amazing nice. the soundtrack paired incredibly well with the drama i mean it always like, really does but this i mean it was just really really on point
0: sorry to go on another tangent but did you see the predator movie that hulu put out late last year
1: no because i don't have hulu
0: okay it's called prey it's a it's set in like the 1700s i think like the oh. main character is a native american woman and okay. And basically the whole thing is like a predator shows up and starts hunting all the people around there. And so it's really cool. Like Sarah and I were talking about how that was like one of our favorite movies. And there there was a lot of cool little facts like the dog in it was a shelter dog. And (gasps) Mm. it was so good when they got the scenes with him that they that they were willing to work with, like have him around for more of the movie because they liked how the the shots were coming out and stuff. It just took a little longer because it wasn't a trained, you know, Hollywood dog. But the other thing is that they do a lot of really nice, well-composed shots with like depth of field and stuff. You know, it's like they're working around the fact that they have a smaller budget. So like, you know, they'll do things where it's like, you'll see the predators camouflage, but it's like out of focus. And, you know, because it's focusing on something else, but it's a beautifully composed shot. And like, you know, speaking as someone who's a photography major in college, good photography does so much. Like if you can sit there and frame it well in the viewfinder. And that was something that my advisor would like, drive home is the first day of class he would always show us some of his favorite movies for like shots and he would be like we're gonna watch 20 minutes of this write down what are good shots and then we're gonna talk about them and it was like oh yeah like it's you know it's good stuff so
1: that's cool
0: yeah
1: yeah so yeah i need to be watching more horror films i have a hard time watching movies sometimes because i get you know i get pulled into other activities and (sighs)
0: yeah no, it's not like I have like crippling ADHD and have to do three things at once to actually watch a movie. Oh
1: my God, it's so bad <laughs> yeah so well, let's swoop on over to our main topic. What do you say?
0: Yeah, sure. let's go for it
1: So today we're going to be talking about Witch for hire, which I picked up <laughs> which which I <laughs> picked up at books with pictures in portland oregon one of the last times i was there and this was published in 2021 by amulet books the story starts by showing us a profile of shy shelby who claims to have pulled herself out of her loser funk and made her popular beautiful etc all of the things a young person might want
0: yeah like you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of those old infomercials where it was like I was like 300 pounds and now I lead this fitness crew and it's like, and now I'm like, I felt 120 and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I see what they're going for here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see her holding up big pants for sure. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. So we then meet Cody who is just entering high school. She's very nervous about it. And her very first day, she tries to sit at a table with her older sister, Bryce and her group of friends. But Bryce is really mean about sending her off, telling her that she can't sit there and she'll have to find another place.
0: Yeah, like really mean.
1: Really mean. Yeah, like and the friends were all mean to her, too. Like it was quite unnecessary.
0: It was like a piranha feeding frenzy because Bryce is really mean to Cody. And then Bryce and her friends start sniping at each other and being real shitty to each other about stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, Yeah,
1: yeah. It didn't it didn't seem super healthy is all I am saying. So, somehow in this whole cafeteria, there's literally just one seat left. Apparently, that's how this works in this cafeteria. (laughs) And it leads her to go sit at the designated loser table. So, she heads over to the table with her tray and asks to sit with them, and is met with a carving on the table saying, Kill yourself, loser. Yeah. They they invite her to sit and she gets to know the other students at the table who, of course, aren't really losers in the grand scheme of things. And other students had previously sat at the table, had gone on to become more accepted and kind of popular, like graduating into leaving the table altogether. Yeah. So at the moment, there's Julio, who was a budding actor. Rafi's family is wealthy. A fact that the student body doesn't yet grasp.
0: Yeah, they they aren't aware of
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. G. Young is in a wheelchair, but is already on the road to leaving to a gifted and talented school that actually has the accommodations that she needs in Mm -hmm. order to succeed, which this high school does not. Right. And Faye is the only constant at the table. She wears a large witch hat and bakes cookies, and everyone thinks she's super fucking weird.
0: Well, everyone outside of the loser table. Everyone at the loser well, table. Yeah, they're, everyone they're at like, the loser yeah.
1: table. They love her. Everyone love. I mean, everyone in in within table likes each other, and actually, they all have very healthy dynamics with each other, which is all of which was it's nice. It,
0: it wasn't yeah. even like the slow burn. It was like within a page. It's like, no, we're fine. We're not actually losers. Like here's the here's the deal.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. And she like literally went by and like went. That's why that person's not a loser. That's why that person. It was was really cute. I liked liked it a lot. Yeah. And we also find out that people play pranks on Faye all the time, which she says she's used to. Mm -hmm. We then find out more about Cody's family, namely that her father is some big shot CEO with a lot of connections. And her mother has a mental illness and was recently in a psych ward.
0: It, it sounds like her dad was like a, a slimy real estate CEO. Like I think that's what yeah. it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Something slimy. Exactly. Like you said. And he's just he's slimed the whole. All the way through. The whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So you'll see. You'll see everyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when she's telling her mom about her day, she tells her about Faye only to have her father bust into the conversation saying that she can't be friends with that Faulkner girl, which is Faye's last name, with the dad and Bryce ganging up on the mom, who is called an embarrassment for her mental illness. Mm -hmm. The next day at school, Cody tries to help Faye by telling her if she just ditched her hat, she would be accepted by everyone, and Faye tells her that she's not going to change to make those around her feel comfortable. And they get into an argument, and Cody goes to have her lunch in the bathroom. And that's when we see someone looking at the shy Shelby profile. The next day after school, someone has spray-painted butts, B-U-T-T-S, butts on every car in the parking lot. The general consensus around school is that Faye did it. So after school, while she and Cody are walking home through the woods, of course... A group of kids tries to surround and jump Faye. However, she appears in all of these different places behind them. Like she's far away and Mm -hmm. like projecting her voice and likeness around to confuse the others. And so Faye and Cody get away. And Cody asks, how did you do that? To which Faye says that she had told Cody that her getup wasn't a costume. And Cody ends up confessing that she was the one who had vandalized all the cars. Mm -hmm. So she tells Faye about how she had reached out to Shia Shelby for help and was met with requests to do pranks. And when she refused to do the pranks, bad things started happening around her. Like her mom's brake line had been cut and had put her in the hospital. And the car had been in the garage with no visitors or people having been in the house to be able to, to do it. So she had agreed to vandalize the cars, worried that someone else would get hurt. So she asks Faye for help, telling her she can pay her, but Faye says that she's not a witch for hire. We then find out Faye's backstory, that she had been apprenticing for a witch who ended up being killed after attempting to help an abuse victim get out of a dangerous situation. Faye wore her hat as a reminder and was continuing the practice that she had started to learn from her. And yes, she really was a witch. We are also introduced to the concept of monkey paw curses, which you and I have talked a a pretty good deal about in different situations. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that a monkey would put its paw into a jar or something similar to grab a treat inside, but when he closes his fist with it, he can't get his hand out. He won't let the treat go, but his hand is stuck in the jar. So... Curses act in this way as well. Yeah. And then we see Faye start to go to work looking into Shy Shelby. But at school, the pranks have turned into really harmful actions, like someone who put rat poison into cereal boxes in the grocery store? Mm
0: -hmm. Or was
1: it cat food? And then at school, someone tampered with the chemicals that the chemistry teacher was using, causing a fire in the lab. And then at the homecoming dance, someone projects a picture of one of the popular girls' his boyfriend, Ulrich, kissing another guy, publicly outing him and further embarrassing the girlfriend who decides to punch him square in the jaw.
0: Yeah. And this is like right as they are announced as like the homecoming king and queen. That was like the yeah. big thing. And then it turns out like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I was like, oh, that's a uh, hmm.
1: Yeah. And then Cody gets a message. From Shy Shelby telling her to push Faye down the stairs. And Faye says, Do it. And she does in a very public way with no question about what had happened. And as she was falling, Faye sees this creature with an elongated kind of human face, but pointed into a beak and with big black wings. Faye was all right as she had a protection charm on her, but she knew what they were facing at that point.
0: Yeah, it looks like a harpy. Like, kind of?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good description. And she was also able to grab some of the hair from the creature as it tussled with her for a brief moment.
0: Yeah, she does like an astral projection kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Outside of the dance, Faye and Cody are talking when Julio starts just walking in front of a car, seemingly pretty deliberately. Cody rushes out to push him out of the way, getting hit by the car herself in the process. Mm -hmm. And Julio had dropped his phone before he was pushed to safety. And on it was a message from Shy Shelby saying, kill yourself, loser. Now, Faye really means business. She starts setting up spells and charms and doing research on her computer. And she is doing just that when she sees the hideous face of Shy Shelby sitting behind her on the reflection of her computer screen.
0: That was actually like a really good jump (sighs) scare moment. Like it was good.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, you turned the page and it was just like there. Oh, oh. Yeah, they did a nice job. Faye communicates with Shy Shelby, asking who had summoned her, and Shy Shelby says that everyone had, and that she was feeding off of the sadness and longing of everyone who interacted with her. So Faye tries to bind her to the computer, but she says she lives in there, and so does everyone else. So she effectively can't be stopped that way. Right. So back on campus, we find out that Cody and Bryce's dad is trying to weasel Bryce into Harvard, and that the pranks are still happening and are now happening at the popular table even. And Faye and Julio go to visit Cody in the hospital, where she was very badly hurt, but is believed to, you know, be okay and will improve. Julio feels really bad about getting her hurt because he was trying to end his life, but Faye convinces him that she won't feel like that and just to give them a chance to talk.
0: One thing that was going on is that in the middle of all this, they've got this like major kind of like emergency school PTA meeting where they're like, we're looking into this. But it's like you're you're sitting there and you're like, oh, okay. so like you don't know what you're going to do, but you're trying to like calm down all the parents who in this era, like parents are just nightmares to deal with for school administrators, including Cody and Bryce's dad, who is he was like really putting pressure on, I think, like the superintendent and he was just like, I'm a powerful man in this town. Like, you want me as a friend and not an enemy. All right, whatever. But right. like, yeah. <sighs> <Ugh>. he's <awful. laughs>
1: yeah. He's awful. Yeah, he's literally the worst. Yeah. So Faye figures out everyone that Shy Shelby has touched and invites them all to the loser table to discuss the situation and includes the science teacher, whom Shy Shelby had been blackmailing, along with some of the other kids who had been publicly bullied, as well as Bryce, who shows up last. Faye explains that she knows who Shy Shelby is, but that she has to show them, and brings them all to the summoning circle to summon Shy Shelby to them. And they do. The bird creature is there for them all to see, and she's huge and really fucking creepy. And together, they all say positive affirmations about the things that they had previously been asking Shy Shelby to help them cure, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And they end up banishing her as she has nothing left to feed on. So we also find out that Bryce didn't see any of it, which doesn't surprise Faye. Yeah, Like she
0: was there, but she didn't hold, she didn't take part in like. The circle of hands and stuff. So right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She was also not open to like. Mm-mm. So. Yeah. I mean, she's
0: also the worst. So whatever.
1: She's also still the worst. Oh, yeah. St- oh, you'll see everyone. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. <laughs> so the next day at school, the science teacher has the old losers table replaced with a new one that doesn't have etchings in it. And the people who were previously relegated to the loser table were interacting with popular kids like it was normal. But not everything is good. Faye is pulled into the office and is accused of being shy Shelby and is advised that she will be removed from school pending an investigation. Bryce makes a snarky comment about Faye cleaning out her locker, leading Faye to understand that Bryce's father, who has pull on the school board like you were saying now, was the one who got her kicked out. Mm -hmm. And later, at Bryce and Cody's house, Bryce's dad gets off the phone with someone and says, congratulations, Bryce, you're going to Harvard. But Bryce doesn't have any time to celebrate, as just then there's a knock at the door, which Bryce answers, and it's the police asking to speak to her parents. And we find out that Bryce was the one who cut her mother's brake line And when the police asked if they wanted to press charges, the dad was like, no, no. And the mom was like, yes, this is incredibly serious. Mm -hmm. And the dad took Bryce aside still. And it looked like divorce was in the air after that. Yeah. And Faye visits Cody in the hospital and Cody gets emotional about her family being blown apart. And Faye says, this is why I don't stick my nose in other people's business. I was just trying to help. But before she leaves, Cody hands her a small box, which is filled with business cards with Faye's name saying, which for hire. Mm -hmm. The end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the story. Like, how did you feel about the story overall?
0: I mean, I loved it. Like, I, it was, um, I don't know. I just, I finished reading it last night and I was telling Sarah about how great it was. It. It's just this really sweet, really thoughtful story that also feels like a really clever metaphor for the pressures that teenagers deal with in high school, especially in this era of like online influencers and toxic life advice that they have coming that we never had to deal with. There was a lot of stuff that we had to deal with back then, but we didn't have to deal with, you know, this bullshit online influencer culture. (sighs) And And like alpha males on social
1: media, not being able to get away from it after school. Like if once you left school, like you were you were free from all of that. But Mm -hmm. once we started involving social media, that stopped being the case. And now people are constantly with us.
0: It it felt like, you know, kind of like the first in a series. Yeah. Like it gave me similar vibes to Enola Holmes, that that Netflix movie with Mm. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, this is like the intro, it's a really solid adventure, and then it's going to lead to something more. So, yeah, like, I I don't know, I don't have a lot more to say other than it was great. I loved it. No notes.
1: Yeah. No, No, I did too. This is, I told you earlier, the second time I've actually read this. Yeah. And, you know, we were trying to talk about what we wanted to do for this episode, and I was like, I just, I want to read something fun. I want to talk about something fun, because there are so many times where I'm, like, so mad about things.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, we we spend a lot of time reading stuff that is problematic or it's good, but then there's a lot of caveats. Yeah. Or whatever. But like this was just it was a really nice read. It's something that I wouldn't have known about if you hadn't suggested it. So I'm relatively sure that a lot of our listeners probably haven't read it either. Like, it's great. I loved it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, check it out, everyone. Well. What are your feelings on the metaphor surrounding shy Shelby driving folks to cruelty to seek popularity?
0: Oh, I thought it was like incredibly well done and relevant. Like it, I really liked how it was using Shelby as a stand in for influencer culture and the cruelty that's often associated with it. Like, you know, you look at people like Logan Paul or I don't know, like those other people who like, especially young boys really want to emulate. And they're just these toxic dipshits and they're like oh well, you know we're doing pranks and you're like those aren't pranks they're not really funny it's just being awful to people
1: right right
0: or you know with young women it's like a lot of very toxic beauty and body imaging right i i don't know i being
1: really judgmental about other people's like features and body which is don't yeah. talk about other people's body you know
0: Yeah. And I, uh, I just, I thought it was really smart the way that they did it. And I liked the idea Mm -hmm. of, of it also being a giant grift. I thought that was great because the whole thing was that (laughs) shy Shelby didn't actually deliver on any of the promises. It was just like, Oh, like I can, I can do all these awful things around you, like largely by influencing other people. Like, you know, Cody Mm -hmm. was like, well, like my mom got hurt. And it's like, well, that was someone else that shy Shelby was like, you know, pressuring to do stuff. Right. But the whole thing was that there was no payoff. It was all it was a grift. It's the same thing as like I was reading about Fuck, what's that guy's name? Uh Liver King. He's like some middle aged Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where it's like, the oh Liver like, King. You know, where first of all he he looks like a piece of human liver, like just made manifest. <laughs> He's just he's so red, (laughs) like, oh, my gosh. But like his whole thing, he's like, oh, well, you know, you just got to work out a lot and then eat a lot of liver. And it's like, no, dude, like you got exposed to having an eleven thousand dollar a month anabolic steroid habit. Like, come on, my guy.
1: Yes, exactly. exactly.
0: But like, yeah, I thought it was really well done and smart and relevant. And yeah, that's one of the reasons why Sarah and I really monitor the type of social media that the kids have access to.
1: I think that's incredibly smart. I mean, I I could not imagine not only, well, you know me, I couldn't imagine yeah. raising kids to begin with, but like, I can't imagine doing that and also having to deal with the social media aspect of things as they are now.
0: I mean, it helps that Sarah and I both for our jobs and then for for different things that we do, we have gotten pretty good at social media. Like Sarah does a lot of social yeah. media stuff for her company. I was managing part of the social media team. For my last job, like I handle a lot of the social media for the podcast. So I've been like keeping updated on all this stuff. And it's like, like, oh, cool. Twitter just, you know, axed a large majority of their moderations and safety team. Like that's terrible, you know? Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Speaking of which, we were talking about this earlier. Twitter probably not going to be around as we know it in another year or so. So I don't know. Follow us on all the other platforms. Like we got a full list. Take a look in the show notes.
1: Such such as rome so will fall the ex <laughs> <Yeah>, god <laughs> as i cackle like a witch did i i may have just manifested something so something mm. happens within the next ever i did that I,
0: it's it's my space You're all welcome. over again man like
1: <laughs> poor tom he was everyone's friend though you got to respect that yeah but that.
0: here's the thing tom made hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars off of that sale like the the shareholders Jeez. at twitter made a lot of money based on that sale because like it wasn't yeah. even worth like 15 billion and Elon paid 44. And,
1: then, Fucking
0: idiot. and there was something about, I think fidelity recently was saying that like, it's worth maybe a third of what he paid maybe. And like, I love it for him. I love this public but black you know
1: Elon Musk is like a gallon of milk. What could that cost? $200. God, <laughs> No problem.
0: A, r- a real arrested development moment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh geez. I hate him. I hate him all. Yeah. See, we still we still get dark, everyone. You're you're we're still we're still us.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think hating on Elon Musk is really that dark, but that's just me.
1: Oh no, I was yeah, you're right. My my darkness, I was like, see, I went I went emerald mind dark was where I was yeah. going and I was like, I gotta not, I gotta not go down that rabbit hole right now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, so okay, so, so going back to Shy Shelby, one other thing. I had one yes. other thought. Uh oh, yeah. Go. I loved how the way that they basically countered her and defeated her it wasn't through an actual battle it wasn't through like you know a big knockdown drag out epic fight it was through bonding with each other and displaying empathy and kindness i loved that
1: yeah absolutely yeah i i loved that so much and it really showed the difference i think between the popular group to your point mm-hmm. where they were all kind of you know chomping the bit eating each other alive yeah versus that group who was like well why don't we just be supportive and team together
0: it was such a nice counterbalance like we were like oh shit like the popular group is actually like really dysfunctional and awful and then the losers they're they're all friends they're all great like they're not actually losers they've all got their own shit going on
1: exactly exactly did you guys have a loser table or something equivalent at your high school and like was bullying a big thing
0: uh, I mean, first, no, we didn't have a looser table or anything like that. Not in high school. Um, yeah. like You know, like our generation, because, um, you know, we're both of the same rough generation. You were you graduated high school like about four years after me, I think. 2004. Like, yeah. So four years exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like for for our generation, high school was a pretty hellish place to be the least bit different. And my high school, which was a very moneyed suburban high mm, school in a fairly conservative right. suburb of the Bay Area felt like a pretty extreme version of that rule. But it wasn't so much bullying as it was more just how people would kind of ignore and dismiss you unless you were yes. either an academic or an athletic superstar. Like we we didn't have an auto shop. We didn't have anything vocational like we had a computer lab that my friends and I were always in because we were the, the multimedia computer kids. And right. we were like, you know, people were just like, whatever. My teen years weren't especially happy um, and my high school environment wasn't a happy place either, but we had a big campus and people would eat lunch all over the place. It was like decentralized enough that there wasn't an established loser's area.
1: That was kind of us too. And we yeah. had, when you were a junior or a senior, you could leave campus at right. lunch. Yeah. And so, I mean, most, most juniors and seniors would just like, and I mean, we have just like a little kind of square right across from the school that people would go to that has like a little smoothie shop and a Chinese restaurant oh, okay, and nice. a donut yeah. shop. Yeah. So it's got like all this and like a little, like a, like a mini Mart, you know, so you could just go get a snack. The video rental place was in that same Nice. That same shopping center too. Bradley Video, yeah. So I mean, it was same thing that it was spread out enough that we didn't really have spaces like that. And you had a lot of options too. Like you could go into teachers' classrooms. Like a lot of teachers yeah. had their doors open at lunch, and you know, or we, we would hang out the in the French room because right. Monsieur Whitman was always so chill. He's just like whatever, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, so it wasn't. I, I was in a bunch of like extracurriculars to Mm -hmm. give myself a little bit, like to put myself in situations where I did have more interaction with people because I didn't like being ignored, (laughs) Right, which was really easy. Like I can very easily be ignored. So I was like, let's be in band. Let's be president of the French club. Let's be (laughs) in, you know, the link crew and help all the younger kids coming in. And like, you know, so I tried to get on the football team. Nice. I tried to get on the, well, I tried to get on the football team and the coach said that girls weren't allowed to play football. And if I had really wanted to fight that, I probably could have, yeah. but I didn't we, really know how to go about it.
0: We had uh, like our sports funding for our school was insane. Like it was just mm-hmm. off the charts. And my parents really pressured me to like fit in with high school and they were like, well, you should go to the football games. I never once went to a fucking football game for my high school because there were so many dipshits on that team that I could not stand. Like, right. Yeah, I do not regret that decision.
1: I only went because, you know, I was the drum major and I had to lead. <laughs> <laughs> I had to lead the pregame. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, my my best friend and I, instead, we would hang out. We would usually sleep over at each other's house. We would play. We played so many point and click adventure games on the computer, and mm. we would always <sighs> rent movies at like Blockbuster or the local video nice. shop on a Friday night. It was great. Like.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Did the premise feel relatable to you at all? I mean, a
0: bit. Like, I think every kid who's an outcast in any sense feels like they have the potential to be a hero. It's very much like you know the the outcast becoming the savior story, and right. It's a I mean, it's a trope for a reason. It's a good trope. You know, it's a good storytelling yeah. gimmick.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I I truly think that if I had had social media. I would have fallen into a trap like this Mm. so easily. Like, honestly, I was just like, so just like desperate for approval. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, do you think that you would have fallen prey to shy Shelby?
0: I, hmm, I don't think teen Mike would have. He didn't really crave popularity or acceptance because he had Mm -hmm. kind of a core group of friends. Uh, Yeah. Like I was, I was also so ready to get the hell out of that town that my senior year, I got certified as an EMT and joined ski patrol. And then I got out of classes early. Like I basically wound up with only, I think five classes my senior year, because that was all I needed to graduate. So I got yeah. out of class at like one in the afternoon. So at one yeah. forty, I would be on the freeway driving up to Tahoe to go do my I mean, it was a job. It just didn't really pay because I was a volunteer. Um, I was part of what was oh. called the National Ski Patrol. And so they would pay us in. I mean, it was fine. Like they paid us in discounts um, for for equipment and stuff like we got. OK. Like, I mean, like I got like insane deals on equipment. We got a free season pass for ourselves and our family. Oh, cool. Or free tickets if we didn't have a, a family. That's cool. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was Uh, like, I mean, it was it was great. Like, I just I was gone. I, (laughs) I spent about half of my senior year in high school, just not in town on the weekends. Mm. And, and it was so therapeutic for me because I was like, Oh, like I get to go do stuff I want to. And like one of my friends from high school who I'm actually still in touch with wrote this really thoughtful message that year in my yearbook about how he was like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, there's this academic award ceremony that you were at and you got, you got one. And when you went up to receive it, the person next to me mentioned about how, how serious you always are. And I had to explain that you just, you, it's not that you're serious. It's that you just don't give a shit about this place. And he's like, and that's the only way I can think about surviving here. It's just not giving a shit. So good job. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he and I had stayed in yeah. touch, but like I saw him, I saw him a couple of years ago for the first time in a while in person. And I was like, yeah, that still sits with me. Like that's the one yearbook I haven't really chucked out because of that message but like, you know, it was, it was yeah. nice.
1: Oh, that's so sweet.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like, it's one of those things where, in hindsight, anything is possible. But I don't think I would have.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a favorite character?
0: I Like, I think Faye is the default choice because she's kind of the best developed character. But... Right. Like, I really liked... Um, I think her name is Elvira. I don't think it's supposed to be Elvira. Uh, Mm -hmm. and like in the few moments that we got her, the, the, the elderly witch who trained Faye. Yes. Like she felt very developed in the short time that we got to see her in the flashbacks. She's, yeah, she's the type of old person that I want to be. Like she's not only smart and canny and kind, but also bakes a pretty mean cookie. So, you know,
1: (laughs) you're already there. You just need (laughs) to get old, I guess.
0: I guess I, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know dispensing some pretty solid life advice like i was like yeah all right and then i like the bit where so i think because that was the whole thing was i think we saw the night that she was going away and that she got killed right yeah like Mm -hmm. where it was like implied that the woman that she was going with to confront the woman's abusive husband like that was the last time that face are
1: yeah and
0: she was like you don't even like this woman and she's like oh god no i hate her like (laughs) she's like but like you got to do the right thing and i was like that is I've had that discussion with the kids. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm."
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if you see somebody standing on a train track that you don't like, you're still need to take them off the fucking train track. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. What, I mean, like, what about you?
1: I, you know what? I, I also really liked Faye, but I liked the mom. I liked Cody's mom like I like that she that she stood yeah. her ground finally I I like that despite the fact that she was being I mean she was being know, abused she was, um, she was like, being abused and yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm glad that she she finally found her way out of it and figured out that she was she was worth more than that which I think truly is what happened where she's like "I'm you think it's okay that she cut my brake line like that's yeah. it like that is truly it like which good because I, I hate to say it but I, you know some people would stay around for a lot of different reasons and that's no judgment you know it just yeah. it's a shitty situation that some people find themselves in you know
0: yeah there were a couple like there yeah. were a couple of characters like that like even Faye's mom where she was kind of a little bit more absentee yeah, we got some really good character development from the few pages that we got with her mom. Like especially when her mom was like there at the office when Faye's getting suspended,
1: right? And Faye's mom yeah. was
0: like, "This is horseshit! Like, what the fuck?" Yep. Um, yep. I like that I, too. I liked Cody a lot. I liked her family, like the way that they were kind of fleshed out a little bit, but I think they needed a little more time in the oven because they didn't feel yeah. fully baked in terms of character development like
1: yeah were... and i think i didn't think that cody's response to all of the situation at the end felt super genuine like i don't know like i don't yeah. she really turned it on Faye and kind of made it sound like well you did this and it's like, it's like i don't no, know and Maybe she, she was... really didn't
0: like like your sister yeah. tried to kill your mom like
1: yeah. Uh, so like, you know, you know, thanks for my family blowing up. But it's like, well, it's, you know, and maybe that is something a teenager might say if they're lashing out and they don't know how to process that big feeling. Like, I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm overthinking it, but I, Cody didn't seem like the type of character
0: to react no. that way. When I, no, initially... I was a little, like, I was a little bit not turned off, but I was just like a little disappointed that that's how that resolved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the other thing is it felt like it it felt like some stuff was cut and then we were being told about it rather than shown it like the whole bit where she's like, my mom's brakes got cut. And I'm like, I don't right. know, man, I feel like we could have gotten a whole scene out of that. That would have been really good.
1: Yeah. Um, they just showed us like a cut scene of just like the car.
0: Well, and then the whole bit where they were like, mom hasn't talked to dad since like, you know, he backed Bryce. And so I think divorce is going to happen. And I was like, man, I don't know. I. I think that dad really needed some kind of actual comeuppance too, because we saw him being awful Mm -hmm. all the way through. And then we're just kind of told a little bit about potential.
1: That he may be getting divorced, which honestly in the grand scheme of things like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well he took Bryce's side. So I guess he and mom are getting a divorce. And I'm like, no, we need, we need that closure. We need, yeah, we need something.
1: Yeah. Well, how did you feel about the art overall?
0: (laughs) I mean, I thought it was great. Uh, Like I thought the colors really popped. I thought the style was very slick. I thought it was an excellent example of that, you know, that teen comic style that we're seeing in graphic novels yeah. aimed at this age group. It was great. I don't have any specific notes about it. There wasn't anything that really made me sit there and go, holy shit, this is incredible. There was that yeah. one moment with like the the jump scare with Shy right. Shelby. I that thought was that cool. was really good. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like I thought it just I thought yeah. it was very good and it told the story really well.
1: Yeah, I like the way that they integrated the. The conversations happening on the screen sometimes mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I, I like the way that they kind of integrated that into the paneling yeah a couple of the the scenes and it didn't happen super often but it was a couple of times and i was like oh that was kind of a nice touch yeah yeah do you have any final thoughts about witch for hire
0: like i'd love to get a series out of this i i feel like this is a really great kind of pilot volume. I'm I'm hoping yeah. that this turns into an ongoing graphic novel series that we get to see more of. It feels like something that would really work well. Yeah. I don't know. That's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I really liked this. I don't have a lot of really specific thoughts of other than I, know. I really liked this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know sometimes it's really difficult to talk about things that we really enjoy because you and I really... You and I get dark when we, like, if we don't like something, we can talk oh, for a yeah. long-ass time about why we don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and we do see our other episodes.
0: Like, so... almost every other episode.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: I don't know. 100%. Like, every now and, <laughs> and then, every now and then we have episodes where we're just like, this was really cute, like, uh, Bats, Cats, yeah. and Cadillacs, you
1: know? That oh, was a... yeah. yeah. But I always expect to, like, I always expect to have something, so I'm always really surprised if I'm like, you know what? I actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or uh, so. what was that one that we read with SJW Comic Book Club? It was uh, Cheer oh, Up. That one was great, too.
1: I also picked that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like a good feel-good read, too. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, it's so funny. I wouldn't have told you that I gravitated towards those until I found that I have, like, kind of a few of them.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? So here's the thing. Like, our tastes are always surprising to other people. Like, Sarah loves truly bloody, soul-crushing true crime. Oh, my gosh. Or I remember I bought her the first volume of Berserk, which is like an incredibly bloody, violent uh manga. Yeah. And I remember uh, our friend Tom, who was at Outer Plains at the time, rang us up and he was like, oh, who's this for? And Sarah's like, oh, it's for me. And he sits there and he just goes, it's always the really cute, quiet, tiny little women who have the bloodiest taste. You know, and then... Well. (laughs) And then like, I happen to really enjoy really cheesy romantic comedies i'm like they're not good it's like fast food for the soul but it makes me feel good a lot of the time
1: oh gosh. i don't know i feel like <laughs> i love that sarah loves that stuff but i feel like oh, yeah. the smaller and cuter you are like the more feeling of a threat of being carried off there is. So it's like, I can figure out if I can be really threatening seeming by like saying something really fucking creepy by like making a really good fucking threat or like saying something incredibly unhinged. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's, You know, it's like of our three dogs, like Twiggy, the really cute, tiny Japanese chihuahua who looks like a Pomeranian, she's the Uh one who fucking throws down, man. Like when a dog gets in her face, she loses her shit. And it's like, all right, didn't see that coming.
1: Exactly. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our conversation about Witch for Hire. What do you say we go ahead and hop on our broomsticks and zip off to brain wrinkles? I love it. All right. Well, we have reached Brain Wrinkles, which is that one thing comics or comics adjacent that's just been rattling around in our heads since the last time that we talked. Mm -hmm. But I want to turn the mic over to you for a little bit. Why don't you tell us first (laughs) what's been going on the old noggin?
0: Uh, Yeah. So apparently it's wedding season. Like you and I talked a bit about how Sarah and I had gotten married (laughs) last week. But then I found out that Robin Guido over at Deer Watchers got hitched like a few days before Sarah and I did. And Stop like,
1: it. Oh my yeah. God, congratulations.
0: Yeah. I'm putting together a little like present for them. Um Good. You know, for, From one newlywed couple to another who have also been together forever. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what their wedding was like. I, I found out about it after the fact. Guido was like, Oh yeah, we got married too. And I'm like, what son of a bitch? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stop copying um, me. Oh wait, you went first. Darn it. <laughs>
0: oh, Ido was so funny too, because we were talking about stuff. We had a phone call like a couple of weeks prior and he's like, How's uh planning for the wedding that you're claiming is not a wedding but actually is and I was like, Thanks, nah. Ito. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. True or true story. Yeah.
0: Like I like I said, I don't know what their wedding was like, but I'm willing to bet there was like a healthy amount of comic book nerdiness involved. And you know, it just like not anything, you know, crazy or particularly deep, but it's just kind of one of those things that I was thinking about a bit like as I was just like, oh, it's it's kind of funny how like, you know, podcast friends are real friends and
1: they are real friends.
0: And and it's just kind of one of those things where uh where I just thought it was really kind of a, a funny coincidence. So, you
1: know. Oh,
0: yeah. What about That's you?
1: Great. Congratulations to them mm-hmm. and to you again. Oh, my gosh. I was. so. Excited. I mean, thank,
0: thank you for, you for coming to, to help celebrate the change in tax status like.
1: Of, course, of <laughs> like course, Sarah and I, was I happy were happy to dress up as 11 year old me like it was good. And yeah, and get my caricature done in a very stunning way.
0: That was good. <laughs> my stepson got one holding noodle. That was very good, too.
1: Yes. Like, yeah. Oh,
0: noodle in his doxedo, which is just a dachshund that was wearing so a tuxedo.
1: Cute. I, <laughs> I saw it sitting on the table and I was like, I knew that was going to not happen all the way through because he's a little yeah. wiggly guy. But
0: it happened. Does for he a wear clothes hours. well? Yeah, he does. Okay, I mean, he okay. He, maybe he I worked underestimated him. No, okay, he's just okay. pretty chill. I mean, yeah, it was just it was one of those things where Sarah and I have been registered domestic partners for a couple of years, but that is mm-hmm. that makes the tax filing procedure so much more complicated because federal taxes don't recognize that. So you have to file as like a single person. And then in the state, you're married, but filing separately. And it just makes everything convoluted. So like this year after Sarah Uh, came off from the accountant, she was like, we're getting married. I can't do another tax season like this. And I was like, "Mm, no romantic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Ah.
1: She got on one knee with the tax forms and said, we can't do this again.
0: (laughs) It was literally she kicked open the door and went, we're getting married. I can't do this. Like her dad was Ah! there. and I was like, all right.
1: That's amazing. That is communication right there, my friends. Right. So just be direct. Just say what you yeah. want. Say what you say what you need to say, you know. <laughs> well, and what I want to say is we have a new we have a PO box, everyone.
0: Bah, 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 bah.
1: Yeah. So, fun fact, you can now send us mail or packages or comics. You can send us things at P.O. Box 940 in Pengrove, California. Hmm. 94951. And Pengrove is spelled P-E-N-N-G-R-O-V-E, Pengrove. And we'll have the address
0: in the show notes.
1: Yeah, we'll throw it in the show notes and we'll have it moving forward. So, if you've ever run across a 90s trash comic that you think Mike would just absolutely love, or want to send us cards or funny stickers or anything else you can legally send through the US Postal Service, please be mindful of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can also pop this, uh, like you said, in the ship, blah, blah, blah. And if you do send us something, please be sure to put your name on there and, you know, a return address, just in case, you know, we're feeling reciprocal. Yeah. Which we, we probably will be. <laughs> So yeah, that's my that is my wrinkle, a pretty quick one. But yeah, thanks for setting that up, I'm man. just really excited. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what blew my mind though? I'm such an old person. I did a whole TikTok video about it. Was that I remember when we were growing up and computers in your home were just becoming like a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they stopped being these giant things and people could actually... They were still towers. They still like computer tower, everyone. Kids, when I was your age, computers were the size of toddlers and twice as heavy. (laughs) That's true. That is 100% true. But anyway. If you'd
0: like to learn more, go back and listen to our Superman Radio Shack episode. (laughs) In which they sell Tandy computers.
1: Oh, my God. So ridiculous. So, but the post office will now email you a picture of the outside of your fucking mail and tell you how much mail you have in the box. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't have to just go to the mailbox and have there just big moths flying out. Yeah,
0: that's like, great. Like, I
1: know when I get things, it's amazing. No wasted trips. So that, that blew my mind. And I'm just an old person who remembers a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, you know what? That about wraps up our episode for this week. So we will see you next week for a dollar bin discovery. And then the week after we will be doing a deep dive into Mike. Say it again.
0: Uh, We're going to be covering route six, six, six. We're going to look at the first graphic novel for that. And then talk about the rest of the series from cross-gen comics.
1: That's the one That's we actually know what we're going to be talking about next time. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, I know it's a it's a miracle. (laughs) But until then, we will see you in the stacks.
0: Thanks for listening to Tencent Takes. Accessibility is important to us, so text transcriptions of each of our published episodes can be found on our website.
1: This episode was hosted by Jessica Fraser and Mike Thompson, written by Jessica Fraser and edited by Mike Thompson. Our intro theme was written and performed by Jared Emerson Johnson of Bay Area Sound. Our credits and transition music is Pursuit of Life by Evan MacDonald and was purchased with a standard license from Premium Beat. Our banner graphics were designed by Sarah Frank, who's at LookMomDraws.com.
0: If you'd like to get in touch with us, ask us questions, or tell us about how we got something wrong, please head over to TencentTakes.com or shoot an email to TencentTakes at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter for now. The official podcast account is TencentTakes, all one word. Jessica is Jessica Witha, and Jessica is spelled with a K. And Mike is Van Sau, V-A-N-S-A-U. You can also find us on Instagram, Mastodon, Facebook, TikTok, and Blue Sky. A full list of our socials will be listed in the show notes.
1: You can also send us mail now. We are at P.O. Box 940 in Pengrove, California. 94951. And Pengrove is spelled P-E-N-N-G-R-O-V-E.
0: Send us stuff.
1: (laughs) If you'd like to support us, be sure to download, rate, and review wherever you listen.
0: Stay safe out there.
1: And support your local comic shop.